0: So good to be in church this morning. I just want to uh, remind you and invite you personally to our prayer night tonight, 7.30pm right here at the church. Um, we are, uh, we, I announced last week we're having a week of warfare and that will finish tonight and it's been a full, full week which is awesome. So if you've had a tough time this week it's okay, the, uh, the enemy is defeated, you need to get a word from God, stand upon that word, and uh, move forward in the things of God. So I really encourage you, come on out, 7.30, we're going to have a prayer time together and just believe and trust together that uh, we're on a breakthrough trajectory, it's a big word there for you. So do that tonight, and also uh, there's other announcements will come up later on in the end of the service, but uh, before we preach, I just need to do a presentation, and that is... Uh, Presenting Pastor Michael with his uh, latest credential uh, from the ACC. So let's give Michael a hand as he comes. So we we presented this in the first service. I took it back off him, and now we're going to give it back to him. So just want to say the the uh, credentialing with the Australian Christian churches is an important thing. And what it does, it it, uh, recognises the gift and the call of God for ministry upon a person's life. That is recognised locally and uh, we all would know that Pastor Michael has a a gift for ministry. Uh, He preaches here regularly, he preaches in other churches, uh, goes to Alliston a lot and carries the weight there. Does an amazing job as a community pastor in Port Lincoln with the work at the Bargain Centre as the manager there. He has turned that business around. I don't believe because of business skill. I believe because of the uh, Holy Spirit skill in his life. And we want to honour Pastor Michael for all that he does. He's a man of God, a great example to the church. And uh, as I was saying, with the ACC credential, not only does it recognise his work locally here, but it's recognised nationally as a, a ministry certificate. So I want to just say uh, I honour Michael. I want to be Michael. I think if... if if you want an example of what a Christian should be, you, you think of Michael. So uh, he, he is a man of God. He's also our secretary for our association as a church. So he carries a lot of responsibility and he does it well and does it so calmly. Always calm, always always organized. So we have a lot to be grateful for that we have Michael Holton, Pastor Michael Holton, as part of our church leadership. So Michael, I just want to present uh, your credential papers there and god bless you we didn't pray for the last service we had to pray for him i thought you, we just left and thought we didn't pray T- turn around let's reach our hands out towards michael and bless him so we have to do it a, a double good prayer because we missed it in the first one dear heavenly father we just pray today for pastor michael as uh, the acc recognizes the gift and call upon uh, of god upon his life we as well want to bless him and uh, uh, cheer him on So Father, I just pray today that this certificate will be uh, something that he can uh, use to benefit the community as he serves the house of God, as he serves the people of Port Lincoln, that uh, he may be blessed in that mission, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Let's give him a hand as he goes. Also, I'll say it right now, uh, it is Pauline and I our uh, 29th wedding anniversary, so 29 years ago today, so officially I have been married longer than I was ever single, so that's an amazing feat, so um, Pauline's in kids church today, she's not She's not home mourning our, our anniversary, she is in kids church, so it's been amazing to be married to Pauline, she loves being married to me, so... Let's get right into it this morning. I'll pray for the word and then we'll go launch. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that you cause our hearts to be open and receptive to your, to your word today. And we just pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that your spirit will begin to enlighten your word to us, cause there to be life as we preach the word of God being translated to others in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you are new to One Heart Church, we want to give you a great big welcome. We've got the Rx at the back there. They're they're cousins of mine, but uh, we, we, we never had Christmas together, but, you know, it's been great to have you here with us this morning. They're Nikki's mum and dad. Um, also, if you are visiting and you're new to One Heart, we want to give you a great welcome. If you're listening on the podcast as well, welcome from wherever you are listening from, and we pray that this message will bless you and that uh, God is good to you this week. Okay, Genesis 15, verse 5 to 6. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the night sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram, Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Now, before Abram looked at the stars and believed God that night, he was living a, life, a good life. He was a good bloke, we would say. Um, he looked out. For his extended family, he had his nephew, Lot, living with him and uh, uh, he was a blessing to everyone around him and God blessed what he did. So he was a great farmer, great businessman, uh, prosperous in everything and uh, you'd think, well, that's that's really great life. You got there comfortable in in every sort of way. But Jesus wants much more for you than just to live a nice life. And Jesus had a much bigger plan for Abram just to live a nice life. So what God has in mind, what God had in mind for Abram was an eternal blessing that came when he believed God. At the time when God you know, spoke to Abram, he had no children, not one, not none at all. Actually, they were getting older and older and still no children, almost to the point where Abram could have thought, well, um, we just got to get used to the idea that we never have kids, he and his wife. But what God had in mind for Abram was an eternal blessing that came from believing what God spoke. So from that point, God initiated the principle, the power of faith. It's a principle that God initiated for believers in God that is activated by faith. Faith in God to deliver what is promised. And I want to encourage you today, if you've ever had something promised to you from God... God will deliver. God will not, uh, um, not deliver on his promises. In our case, when we believe Jesus has forgiven our sins and that promise is for us, we stand clean before God. We stand clean before God. Colossians 2 verses 13 and 14 tells us this. You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He cancelled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. He cancelled the record of the charges against us. So if you imagine you've been caught in a crime, You're, you, were, you were videoed, the police actually saw you as well, they've got tons of evidence against you that says, we know it was you, Uh and so there you are. You you're caught red red handed. You go to court. You're thinking, well, I'm just going to get a huge sentence. I'm going away. I'm sure. I'm done. Uh, the penalty for the crime is a long time in jail. And I know that I, that I've been done. Can't get out of it because they got every every avenue covered of my guilt. And you stand before a judge, and the judge says, Hey, hang on a minute. Um, all the charges have been dropped. There is, no, there is no charge. So you're free. You're free to go. You're free to leave. So that's what it is with when it comes to our sin relationship with God is the sin has been cancelled. Our record of the charges has been dropped. What a great thing to celebrate. What a great thing to be thankful to God for. So we've got to be getting to know Jesus the way we ought to. Because that's the way Jesus views us. There's so much misunderstanding among Christians, among the church, about who God is and the way he views us. So there, there are many, many misconceptions. Some people think God is angry. Some people think God is against them. Some people think that God wants to harm them. The truth and reality through Jesus is he wants to remove the charges against us of our sin and let us free. We've got to know Jesus that way. See, what this is all about is a spiritual transaction that is activated by believing and it has an eternal promise. There's an eternal promise to this transaction. See, the devil's tactic is to corrupt the relationship God intended to have with people. He wants to corrupt the relationship that God wants with you. Have a look at this for a promise. First, Thessalonians 5.10. Everyone say Thessalonians. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. I just want to hone in on that that little phrase so that when he returns, something I'm really being stirred and reminded about to to preach on and to bring into my messages is that Jesus is returning for his church. See, the greatest facet of our faith is knowing Jesus is returning for his church no one knows when but Jesus encourages us Jesus encourages us to always be ready to always be ready Luke chapter 12 verse 40 tells us to be ready says if the homeowner knew what time their house would be broken into they'd be ready they wouldn't let it happen and I'll tell you something in the same way we need to be ready for when Jesus returns we need to always be consistent with our walk, with our, uh, um, our, our influence on others, and be consistent with the, the word of God in our life because we never know when Jesus is coming back for the church. And it's something I think we need to be reminded of regularly that Jesus is returning. So 1 Corinthians 15 verse 52, it says, it's a description here, it will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye when the last trumpet is blown for when the trumpet sounds, those who, who have died will be raised to live forever and we who are living will also be transformed. I, I just want to encourage you. That talks about a, a promise. If we die before Christ returns, we'll be resurrected. And if we're still alive when he returns, then we'll be transformed into heavenly beings and raised a new life with him for eternity. To deny this part of our faith, we deny it all. So sometimes we have like a we, we treat the gospel in some, some people's minds like a, I'll just take some bits that I like 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 a sweets on a table I'll just take those ones and those ones but I'll leave the ones I don't really like I'll leave them behind but we've got to take the whole the whole package of the word of God and absorb it all that's what faith is so to, to deny the 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 return of Jesus we might as well deny it all so we are those who believe. That Jesus is returning for the church. He's returning for his body, his bride. And that's the whole, the, the whole uh, I think, all the purpose of the Gospels is pointing for that day. And we need to believe it and be ready. I want to give you some advice on staying ready. I hope this will help you this morning. I've borrowed it from the Apostle John. 1 John 2 verses 1 and 2. It says, my dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin." But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is a sacrifice that atones for our sins, that, that covers our sin. And not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. Now let, let you in on a bit of a secret. Maybe I'm the only one who has this problem, but temptation to sin will always be there falling for sin will always be there neither are the end of the line so i know many people might think well i've tried to be good i've tried to behave Uh, i tried to speak right look right talk right but i keep failing and so they think well you know what i might as well give this christianity a miss because it can't work for me you know it's never been a matter of all those things Christianity, faith in Jesus, is all about the atoning work of Jesus' blood, which covers you for your sin, for your inconsistency. So, the title of my message today is The Devil's Elbow. So, I'll explain it as we go. In hand-to-hand combat, one of the most powerful strikes is the elbow. It's banned in many contact sports because it is really, really dangerous move, if I could lift my shoulders better, had more flexibility I could give you a demonstration but I don't think it'll work the devil's elbow is after your beliefs he wants you to believe a few things, there's many things that the devil wants you to believe I've just just prioritised three number one, God isn't real number two, Jesus is a myth that he never came as a man to earth and number three that sin doesn't matter there are three, three areas that, that the, the, the devil wants you to believe instead of believing in God, believing in Jesus. So the devil's tactic, I've said this before, is to corrupt the relationship God intended to have with people. The devil's elbow hits you in the face with doubts about God. So he'll try every way he can to bring in a doubt and it's like being like hit in the face with an elbow. So... You will all know Adelaide has a famous devil's elbow. I used to drive it every day down, the, down the, the hills from Mount Barker at the very bottom, the very last corner, they called it the devil's elbow. It, it was just a bend in the road. It was a, a very tight bend in the road. It is so tight that if you do it too fast, you'll crash into the back of your own car. It's like... <laughs> Apparently Jimmy did it crashed his car and that elbow went too fast the devil's elbow is all about turning you back to your past his his plan is always to remind you of where you've come from what you've done so the tactic to get you back to your past he wants to crash your future by turning you into what is behind you Isaiah 43 verse 18 and 19, Philippians 3.13 tell us very clearly to let go of the past. When we, when we are born again, when we have that relationship with Jesus, when he's dealt with our sin from our past, we can move forward freely without thinking about, well, what's going to catch up to me from the, my past? So Jesus has dealt with your past. I need to tell someone here today, Jesus is not embarrassed by our past. Jesus is not embarrassed by your past, not embarrassed by you. And sometimes we think, well, if if others knew where I came from, if others knew what I've done, if others knew where I've been, if others knew what I've believed, then then I'll, I'll be an embarrassment to the church. Jesus is not embarrassed by our past. But the enemy, the devil, will use the past to elbow you right back there any chance that he can, reminding you of failures, of mistakes, of things people said about you, about things people said to you, things people did to you, rejections, hurts, disappointments, misunderstandings, just plain old meanness sometimes. And he want to elbow you back to that place where you're reminded again of all those things. So the enemy will speak into our head. When you sin, you're bad. Run away. Give up. God doesn't want you, that they're lies of the enemy. They're his elbow tactic to keep hitting you in the face to try and return you back to where God has redeemed you from. So the enemy will speak into your head. All these things. I'm just going to invite the musicians back to join me again. But see, Jesus knows human weakness. God knows human weakness. Therefore, He gave us a way out of our weaknesses. He gave us a way out of our sin. Now we have a promise that in Jesus we are made new in him. That we are made new in him. Revelations 21.5, you know, there's a declaration. Behold, in the King James it says, Behold, I make all things new. This is talking about the very... The very final act of God in in Revelation, where we get a new heaven and a new earth, and we have new bodies, and we have we have uh, all all the the corruption of the of Satan's master plan on the earth is is undone, and God is is renewing all things and has indeed renewed all things at this point. So God gave the world an eternal promise that that people can be born again. Our old life and sin is dealt with when we put our faith in Jesus to forgive us when we believe Him. Now Abram stood that night, a starry night, and God said, look into the heavens, look at the stars, and gave him a promise when he had no children. He said, I'm going to give you so many children that you'll never be able to count them. Like the stars in the sky, if you could try to count, he gave Abram like a ridiculous promise. And what I want to Encourage you today is God gives you ridiculous promises for your life. You might think things can't never change for me, things will never be different. I can't see the stars. I want to encourage you today to start to believe the word of God over your life, and that's what set Abram apart. It changed his name from Abram to Abram to Abraham, which meant the father of nations. Because he believed the word of God spoken to him. And when you start to believe, grab, grab hold of, start to adjust your thinking to the word of God, then you too will see God's promises awakening in your own life. So if we could just close our eyes for a moment. If you've never entered a relationship with Jesus before, you can do that today. You can be born again today. We just take this moment in every service just to give people personal time to respond to the call of God. And uh, the Word of God makes it clear. It says if if we want to get ourselves right with God, then we need to confess our sins, believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and that we'll be saved. If there's anyone here right now and you're thinking, I, I want to, step over that I want to I want to have my sins forgiven. there's privacy here right now there's no one looking around but if you want to just give God an indication that that's you this morning maybe just put your hand up I'll see that you can put your hand down or maybe just give me a, a, a nod or something like that if that's you and I'd love to pray with you a prayer lead you in a prayer of salvation. I can't see any hands this morning but that's okay is a prayer you can open your eyes as a prayer on the screen i want to just explain a few things here today we we won't read it out because there was no one indicated that they need this right now this morning but in this prayer is a declaration that we believe that jesus is the son of god that he died on the cross and he rose again to forgive our sins and we ask for forgiveness and we voluntarily give our life to god And we declare that we are born again. That we're saying, I'm making a declaration that my past isn't isn't going to affect my future. That I'm trusting Jesus for the future. And we always pray it in the mighty name of Jesus, because he is the one who gives us the authority for every prayer. If you would just stand with me this morning. I do know that God wants to do a healing work in people. He wants to...